For those of you who love needlepoint or want to get into needlepoint but don't know where to start, you're going to love this month's sponsor, Penny Lynn Designs. Founded in late 2020, Penny Lynn Designs has been the fastest growing online needlepoint store in the nation, offering hand-painted needlepoint canvases, fun accessories, and custom bags. From beginner to multi-generational, Penny Lynn Designs caters to all stitchers to help anyone fall in love with needlepoint. If you're a beginner looking to start a new hobby, Penny Lynn Designs offers a variety of free educational blog posts or videos on its website to help teach you the basics of how to get started. They can also provide everything you need to dip your toe or dive in to the needlepoint world. From canvases to full kits, project bags, needles, small accessories, helpful guides, and more. Penny Lynn Designs hopes to be your one-stop shop for all things needlepoint. And hey, maybe you're not looking to take on a new hobby at this time, but still want to support this month's sponsor? Well, I have good news for you. Penny Lynn Designs offers fully stitched needlepoint pillows for those who like the look but don't have the time. Charming printed headbands and high-quality bags that are perfect for travel, the beach, or every day. So be sure to head over to PennyLynnDesigns.com to check them out. You have them to thank for this month's episodes. Hi everyone, I am Emily Landers and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome everyone and welcome to our first episode in the month of March. Can you believe it? Spring is on the way and we thoroughly enjoyed a beautiful weekend in California. It's been cooler than usual, but I hope that wherever you are listening from, you are seeing signs of spring. I am so excited about today's conversation, whether you are being introduced to my guest, Augusta Cole, for the first time, or perhaps you are a longtime follower, friend of Augusta. She is wonderful, and I'm so looking forward to sharing her story today. Perhaps you're a previous client of hers, and you can reminisce on your own event and the memories that you share. Wouldn't that be fun to do? Oh my goodness. Well, before we dive in, I want to share a few housekeeping updates here at HSDT. For those of you who have been following the podcast for some time, you'll know that we have been up and running for two and a half years. We have an anniversary coming up in June. I am I'm so excited about all that's ahead, and I wanted to give you all a quick update. I know that we have many people interested in sponsorship. We are now looking towards the end of this year for those opportunities, and then we will be looking to 2024 for larger brand partnerships and sponsorships. So if that is of interest to you, please do reach out to us directly at How'd She Do That Podcast. I also want to just share that you could potentially be seeing me in a city near you. Stay tuned. That is all I will share at this moment. And if any of this is of interest to you, kind of the BTS of HSDT, the behind the scenes, if you will, that is always available over at Patreon, patreon.com slash how'd she do that, where I share the building and the true behind the scenes of what it has looked like to create a podcast and then ultimately move forward to create the podcast into a business and then the many other realms that we are looking to step into. It's so much fun. Again, that's patreon.com slash 
how'd she do that? And as always, we love connecting with our listeners. You guys can follow us over on Instagram at how'd she do that podcast. And per usual, we love every week. We love to see where you all are listening from. So whether you're doing laundry, I had someone mention, oh, you probably don't want to see what I'm doing when I listen. I'm folding the laundry. No, snap a photo, snap a photo of what it is that you're up to. Perhaps you're on a walk. Maybe you're in the carpool line. Snap a photo. We would love to see how we are joining you and hopefully making your day a little bit brighter. You can tag How'd She Do That podcast as well as Augusta Cole on Instagram. We cannot wait to join you in your day and hopefully provide some excitement, some encouragement, and ultimately inspiration, which is what I gained from my conversation with Augusta. It was such a treat to connect with her. Previous guest Amanda Jones-Vaughn is to thank for the introduction and recommendation. I know that you all are thoroughly going to enjoy getting to know Augusta today. So without further ado, here is Augusta Cole on How'd She Do That? Today's guest, Augusta Cole, has over a decade of extensive experience in producing events across the world. Augusta is widely trusted and respected for her discretion, as well as her intuitive creative design, innate eye for detail, and seamless planning process. Based in New York and Charleston with a global presence, Augusta excels in producing one-of-a-kind occasions of all shapes and sizes, ranging from multiple day destination weddings and high-caliber corporate programs to intimate dinner parties. Augusta's fresh perspective and drive to provide dedicated, enthusiastic planning and design aims to surpass client expectations on every level. When Augusta isn't working an event for clients, she's likely enjoying New York City's restaurants, museums, and hosting friends at home. Augusta, welcome to How'd She Do That? Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. I'm excited. Oh, well, likewise. And I have been very excited to welcome you on. I mentioned this before we started recording. You come highly recommended not only from listeners, but previous guest Amanda Jones Vaughn was adamant you joined me. So thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. And thank you for the lovely intro. I appreciate it. Well, there's a lot to unpack in that intro, by the way, and we love to kind of just dive in. So perhaps you tell us, can you tell us a little bit maybe about your upbringing and then ultimately where you went to school? Sure. I was raised in Nashville, Tennessee. Sometimes that surprises people, but I was. Went to Harpeth Hall, which was a great all-girls school and loved my time there. And from Harpeth Hall, I went on to the University of Virginia in Charlottesville and had a great college experience. Okay. And what were you majoring in? What was the thought when you were in college as to what you might step into post-grad? Gosh, I think college was really a time of discovery for Mm me. I was not one of those students that went in knowing exactly what she wanted to do or he wanted to do. I was really interested in sort of getting my feet wet in a lot of different departments. Um, Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I ended up majoring in art history and architectural history, which has been very impactful for my career. But one of the burgeoning fields that I got involved in, it wasn't a major at the time, it now is, was arts administration. And it was really the business of the arts. And I really loved those classes and some of the extracurricular that went along with that because it exposed me to sort of the, the management 
management of a creative field. And I thought that was pretty applicable to where I ended up. Well, Anne would serve you well. That's so interesting right off the bat, because I think creatives, when they step into you know a university or a path that takes them to their ultimate major, it can be quite confusing. So for you to have found this route with arts administrative, okay, and once you kind of get into this field, what are you thinking or expecting you'll be doing postgrad? What was a dream job at this season of Augusta's life? There were a lot of dream jobs. And I, I actually was really focused on getting experiences under my belt during my college career. So outside of going to school, you know, during summers, I would spend them doing internships. And that really shaped kind of who I am today. Mm-hmm. So I look back and I'm thinking about you know, my very first job experience um, was actually after high school. I don't, my, oh. my parents were very trusting um, and let me run <laughs> off to New York City and live with my, you know, past babysitter at the time. She really was more of like an older sister because I was an only child. Love. Um, and she let me, you know, bunk up with her and her roommates at their oh. West Village apartment when I was 18. And I interned for Leela Rose. Oh. In fashion. And so I had this, you know, dream of doing, you know, fashion PR and I needed to get fashion experience. That really shaped me. It was humbling. I learned a lot. Um, <laughs> I have some really poignant memories from that summer that uh, lessons learned. But mm-hmm. from there, I really kind of pursued internships throughout my college career. Another one being at the uh, Cooper Hewitt National Design Museum, which sweetly mm-hmm. we're doing a wedding ceremony there this spring, which is one of my favorite museums. But it's a beautiful museum. It's a nonprofit, and I had a role in development and special events and learned so much about the, the events landscape, the development and fundraising landscape. So that was really interesting to me at a time. And then I took you know a time working for a really sweet boutique floral company in Charlottesville oh. called Hedge Fine Blooms. Shout out to Hedge. Oh. Um, and I learned how to be a shop girl and customer service and also, you know, the tricks of the floral trade. I, I never was the, a master with the blooms themselves, but <laughs> I, I tried my hand and I really respect floral artists as, as a result. But I did learn the vocabulary and can really articulate floral design now to a different degree, interestingly. And sorry for this little rant here, but my fourth and kind of culminating experience that really kind of fell into the, like just trying to get more immersion into what it is that I want to do is that yeah. during my fourth year of school at UVA, I pursued an internship with Easton Events, so doing event planning. I always felt I had to get experience. No, I love that you would give the bigger picture because this is really interesting to me. Out of all the episodes, to hear the experience that you had just through internship and to see where you are now, I'm kind of amazed because every little detail that you just shared, it it so obviously goes hand in hand with your area of expertise now. I'm kind of, I'm so surprised. I'm like, wow, from all of that experience, I'm like, of course you kind of stepped into to what you've stepped into now, but I'm guessing there were different elements uh, in all of those very impressive internships that, that you took and, and kind of honed in on. But I would love to know, was that your doing that you felt as though, you know, I need to get this experience? Was this encouragement from parents? Where does that drive kind of come from so early on? Yeah, you know, I think I do did do still um, kind of have that natural fire in my belly to, mm. to do something, achieve something. I 
I'm really fortunate that I did not have parents that kind of forced dreams upon me or forced desires upon me. They really sort of kind of let me choose my adventure. And with that empowerment, I got a lot of freedom to do unique things and Mm. support to do unique things. You know, I don't know. I'm an only child. There could be something to that. I haven't studied too much about um, (laughs) (laughs) sibling ranking or whatever, but Yeah, I think that one of the blessings was that they really believed in me and trusted me and kind of let me try things out. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, I just think I knew that maybe what I needed wasn't going to be always learned in the classroom. Mm -hmm. I could do well in school. I could always work really, really hard, but I wasn't, you know, the the leading SAT scorer and I wasn't the, the smartest person in the AP class. I was always the one that could, you know, lead groups or... Yep. You know, work really hard to get things done or was more in like leadership roles. So yeah, I don't know. I, when I look back on why I did those things or how I came to to those experiences, I think it really was just kind of a hunger to try things out. Mm. Well, beautifully said. And even as I said, how collectively they go hand in hand with what you're doing now, that is actually a very diverse, not only in location, but also in the different areas that you are stepping into. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing this had some influence uh, upon graduation. You you graduate. What, what was your first role out of school and, and how did you land that job? So it was to further my time with Easton. So I started working with four of Lynn when I was in my fourth year of college. And I just, you know, I, I think it's funny you hear the stories of like, how'd you get that internship? I totally <laughs> emailed incessantly. I think I even showed up one day and <laughs> introduced myself. I had found kind of her in my research and, you know, saw this compelling business and this like strong, beautiful woman that she was based in Charlottesville. I was like, I have to go learn from her. Like, I just have to. And I got my foot in the door and worked my little tail off to prove myself and then stayed on for the summer just threw myself in so deep into doing as much events as possible and working weekends and whatever I could do to get more experience. And then I earned after hard work, a full-time job and stayed in that role for over a decade. Oh my gosh. Stayed over for a decade. I don't know if I realized the the time there, but tell me this, what year did you begin? What, what year did you graduate perhaps? 2009. Okay, 2009. Oh my, no. I always love to ask because it's just such a great way to see the, yeah, yeah, the career experience that you've built on. Um, Those early memories of getting into events, can you recall what was maybe the, the thing that kept you in it? I think some people would hear the weekends or the long hours or the details and it might scare them off. What, what was it that really lit lit you up to to continue in that route? I think one, I just truly loved it. I found a passion really early. Loved the client relationships, mm. being a part of the planning experience, being there to execute that day, to kind of see from start to finish the you know, design concepts going all the way through to fruition. Mm. I loved the teamwork aspect that, you know, it wasn't just me in charge. We have, you know, an amazing team of collaborators that are all required to step up and do their best work to kind of perform on the day of the event and also to collaborate leading up to it. Creatively, I was inspired design-wise. I think I was also inspired by an amazing female entrepreneur, to be Mm -hmm. honest. Like, wow, look at this business. 
she's built. And I'd love to learn more about how this is done and how you kind of cultivate a brand like this. And then I think lastly, just that innate little fire in your belly to Mm -hmm. be successful. Like I just, I didn't really care about the weekends because I was loving what we were doing. It was (laughs) It was fun. Yeah, I feel so connected to you in, in so many of your responses. And I think too, just for you to have been there for for a decade, and I think at this point, it's always so awesome for listeners to hear the ground you really have to stand on in your experience, not only from those internships, but from the stint, um, a large chunk of your career. What were the rumblings of potential to then carve out your own path? Yeah, you know, I loved every minute working at Easton and loved furthering the ambitions and the goals of Easton events, of its founder, of its team, and felt really dedicated to its growth and its success. Mm. And then, you know, I think there comes a time kind of naturally in a relationship and, you know, as an individual, as a potential entrepreneur, you know, maybe blooming inside, not even realizing it, where you look and you say, gosh, what do you want for your own life? And how how can I make that take shape? And after, you know, with blessing and, um, you know, in good graces, it just sort of seemed like the next chapter to kind of grow, continue to grow, to build on the event business in the way that I kind of saw it potentially happening, maybe even to move cities, relocate. Going out on my own was sort of the natural next step. And it was a, you know, a very tender decision because I had, you know, such an amazing tenure with an incredible role model. Mm. But it was also that thing that you kind of a pivotal moment in your life where you sort of take charge of the next chapter. Mm. And so I guess that's the rumbling that happened. And I love to, I love to kind of qualify this that we it was a pre-COVID decision. Oh. Um suddenly it aligned with COVID. I oh. made the decision to collectively for you know me to to step out, go out on my own in January of 2020. Oh my. My time was a pretty amazing event that Easton had in in, um, Asia in February throughout Thailand, like right as COVID was really rearing its head. And then, you know, March 1, I was, you know, I wrapped up there and launched my business in June of 2020. Oh my gosh. Okay. I I am (laughs) like... Acosta, I'm like, wait, I did not know this timeline. This is crazy. So you are officially kind of wrapping in that January, February. I remember traveling in February of 2020, the rumblings of what was to come. And I remember being on a flight with my husband coming back from French Polynesia. I'm like, oh, it won't, you know, get to us, whatnot. Okay. But March 1st, you're launching. What? Maybe we'll backtrack because I would love to hear your thoughts on this. What was happening in your personal life to, to kind of be making this adjustment as well? Were, were there any themes within your personal life that, that you were kind of stepping away from as well or, or moving towards? You mentioned wanting to potentially move cities. I'm guessing you were in Charlottesville this whole time, correct? Oh, yeah. I should backtrack there. So I was in Charlottesville from 09 to 2012. Okay. And then I got the nod about three years into working at Easton to move to Charleston and launch our office there. So my husband and I, he was my boyfriend at the time, but we moved (laughs) 
2012 together to Charleston. Okay. And then we had our our life from 2012 to 2020 was Charleston, South Carolina based. Okay. Okay. So yeah. there's a location element. There is some craziness coming, but ultimately you do. You launch on March 1st. What did that I look like? I didn't even launch then. It was sort of, I went into my incubation chapter of like developing a brand and kind of, I didn't really go out with who, you know, with Augusta Coal as a company kind of publicly mm-hmm. um, until about June. Okay. June. Yes. You had mentioned June. So during this incubator kind of mm-hmm. season, what are you doing during this time? What is your thought process? How are you kind of navigating what the brand would look like? Honestly, that was a pretty cool, interesting chapter. And I cherish the opportunity to be able to step back and really appreciate and honor like what I'd learned and experiences I'd had and who I'd been able to work with, who I'd been able to work for, where mm-hmm. I had traveled and look at all of these leaders in our industry. Um, there's some you know, incredible planners and designers that I admire and respect who really set the bar for what great planning and design is in weddings and events. And if I was going to be so bold as to go out there and say, hey, consider us, consider me, (laughs) what was going to be special about what I was going to bring to the table Mm. and what was going to be my little differentiator set set me apart. And I have a really dear friend who has amazing background in advertising and branding. And he helped me in applying a tactic that they use on their brands when they're in the incubation phase. And it was to come up with four words that sort of define the ethos of what you want your business to be, or and I guess it could be your product, mm-hmm. but in my case, my service, my business, and then define it visually with images that animate the word mm-hmm. or depict the word. And I did that and it really distilled down to something that we still use as a benchmark today for our, you know, quote unquote brand. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to share the words? I don't want to. Sure. Wanna- yes. <laughs> no, go ahead. I'm loving this. So the four words were, um, the first one was fresh. Mm. The second was punchy. Ooh. Word. The third was effortless because that's how I wanted my events to kind of look, but also feel for my clients. And then the fourth was engaging. Mm. So fresh, punchy, effortless, engaging. And then I had these visuals that sort of supported it. And then I sort of used that as a benchmark and coming up with a social media platform strategy and branding. Oh my gosh. I am over here like just loving every second of what you're sharing because you just gave such tangible advice. But on the flip side, every single word that you shared, I could totally say that about Augusta Cole. If I go to you on social, if I look at your website, even honestly just chatting with you beforehand, I'm like, yes, all of these words go so well with you and with the brand. So it's fun to hear that that foundation was kind of laid. Now tell us this, what did it look like to begin to put all of this in action? What what did some of those early events look like? Well, it was COVID. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, I am really grateful because I 
was in a position to onboard new clients with the vantage point of optimism. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of my colleagues and dear friends really had to trudge through so many postponements, so many changes. And Mm. like my heart still goes out to what a crazily enduring time that was. And, you know, I, I was fortunate to be in that kind of position of scarily building something during this time of unknown. Wow. But I did get to work with clients who were looking past this period of time. I also did take on a few, you know, much smaller jobs that allowed me to kind of stretch my design Mm. skills. I did, you know, a handful of really, really petite little weddings, but that allowed me to collaborate on just setting beautiful tables and create really high touch intimate experiences. That also is sort of a signature of our brand today. And brand is such a you know tricky word, but signature of our <laughs> business today and what we try to do for for branding events or for companies or for you know our legacy clients. So mm. that was sort of a, a way for me to get out into the world, kind of who am I, despite not being able to put on the level of productions that I had previously been doing. The the timing of this story is so interesting to me. And you you did while it was, you know, many people would hear this and think, oh, you you were doing events and you you were launching in March 2020. Wait, what? But to your point, or excuse me, June 2020, to your point, um, many of your couples, I'm sure, and many of those looking to to have an event would would have been looking past that. So it is interesting, had you started perhaps a year before, it actually would have been, I, I mean, you tell me, perhaps a bigger headache. Potentially. I, you know, you never know. You but know. somebody was looking out for me in that experience, mm, I guess. So, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Very fortunate moment for sure. Um, and you just mentioned something, and and I just love to hear unpack this for a moment. You just mentioned, and this is a quick side note: legacy clients. Now, oh, I yeah. can I can guess what that might be, but could you explain what what is a legacy client to Augusta Cole? Sure. So, say we've worked for a year, year and a half, two years in some scenarios with a family mm-hmm. on a wedding. Um, and then the wedding happens. Mm-hmm. We are really focused on fostering those relationships beyond the wedding day. So mm. birthday parties or family celebrations or corporate events for a business involved with that family, smaller gatherings that just they have so much trust in us as a company. Why not? We can like much more effectively and easily, you know, whip up a party for them. Um, so that's what we refer to as legacy events and is a part of our growing business. Oh, it's beautiful. I love. I love that. I love that sentiment and that thought. Uh, and two, one thing that's coming to mind as you're growing in 2020, and as you're moving into maybe some more kind of boutique weddings and and smaller settings, are you adjusting your services? Because I would guess that that since then things have changed quite a bit for you. How did you navigate that portion of the business? Yeah, I mean, I think today. All of our proposals are relatively custom and situational, Um, but given that time frame, you know, any, any work was great work. I was launching a business, events weren't happening in the same capacity. I just wanted to connect with people. So a willingness to 
you know, do smaller scale or it was just sort of an obvious, it was a sort of an investment toward the future. And then when events started to come back and, you know, we were kind of quickly back into planning for the, you know, 150 and above sort of parties. But yeah, and I think that's a lesson just in general, like if a good opportunity is coming your way, a great connection, you know, potentially bending a little bit on your typical baseline in order to Mm. accommodate or foster a relationship. I think there's some wisdom in that. Likewise, I, I would definitely agree with you on that, and and to consider that as you're connecting and and communicating with clients. Uh, but it is so fun to think about these early days. I'm, I'm guessing, though, moving into 2020, 21, 22, there were likely a few events that really ramped up you and your business. Um, can you think of of an experience or a specific event that really showed you? okay, not only am I definitely, you know, out and about Augusta Cole is here, but we're going to keep doing this in a, in a really big and beautiful way. Yeah, I think there were definitely some early on believers um, that I am <laughs> hugely grateful to. One of them was actually, is actually someone out later on, nod yes. for um, how did she do that as an interviewee. Oh, and, um, I got to do a really intimate event for a past, she was actually a sorority sister of mine a couple years before me at UVA. Mm. And she's a wonderful female founder. And I got to do her wedding on a very intimate scale, but in a very kind of design, high touch way. Mm. And was open and eager to, to share the imagery. So that was able to be published. Um, and I think that was was great. It was, um, Christina Bryant Herbert of St. Frank Textiles yeah. so, and St. Frank, the, the design brand. So that was a wonderful experience. We got to work with John Dolan, who's just a photographer I adore. Mm. And that's been a wonderful friendship moving forward. And then I had a phenomenal family. I got referred to through you know an industry colleague, which was so kind um, that I'd worked with in the past and you know was able to do their multi-day weekend in the Hamptons and I've remained very close with that family since and it you know was one of those that was at a very tenuous time it was June of 2021 oh. and it was is it going to be 50 people is it going to be 100 Can yes 100 we don't know <laughs> so we had an A through Z to accommodate the question marks um, but it was a remarkable d- empowering design experience and just planning experience and also kind of a a foothold in New York. I moved mm-hmm. to New York City during the time of planning that party. So that was reaffirming of that decision. And I think the other one that really stands out was another referral through a college colleague. So keep your networks yes. <laughs> buzzing. But, um, <laughs> whose sister was getting married out in Jackson. And mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to interview for, for the job and then got the job, but then also later got the opportunity to collaborate with one of my longtime design heroes and today very dear friend and collaborator, David Stark, out on a project in Jackson Hole. And, you know, to work, you know, do a big private residence, tented party, multi-day, including flotillas going down the river in Jackson oh. with box lunches um, to do the kind of thing that I just love, which is these layered experience for guests. Again, you know, so shortly after COVID kind of, yeah, I know it hasn't fully disappeared, but uh, lessened (laughs) up for all of us to start to kind of live our lives a little more normally. That was a really impactful one as well. Well, I mean, even just with three, four examples, and I would, I would guess, well, do you have the count of how many events you have actually assisted with? Oh my gosh, in my whole career? That would be, well, that would be amazing. (laughs) 
I, w- I would be floored. What's the estimate? Could you give oh, like a rough estimate? Ten I mean, years. I mean, hundreds. Oh, um, for sure. Like, but I will say, you know, during my time at at Easton, but then also today, we do practice quality over quantity. Yes. I mean, to give the, the layer of cert, like the level of service that we do to our clients from a design oh, yeah. perspective, from a, you know, just no- negotiating with vendors and dialoguing with our collaborators and giving them the TLC they deserve. We really can only handle so much, but it is still a very big number. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I would love to know. I would be totally floored if you knew that. So sorry to put you on the spot, but I'm, uh, I'm sitting, it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting over here thinking, oh my word. And my point with that thought was just the example of three, four of those events, those examples that you just gave. Um, the attention to detail is very obvious, but also the diverse, um, locations, time frame, as you've mentioned, the the multi-day destination weddings. Um, of course, you do corporate events as well, and then even the intimate dinner parties. I'm so interested in how you can do all of those. For instance, I would think my brain would maybe focus in on, okay, I can do a dinner party. I can handle that. But <laughs> you can do all of these. So what well, it takes a village, and I think that kind hmm. of goes back to that early kind of note of leadership roles and hmm. loving to be a part of a team. And I all, I also played team sports, and I think there's a, a whole another analogy line that we could go down there. Absolutely. Um, but I've I've loved being a captain, a leader, um, but empowering the people around me, whether it's my creative collaborators that we kind of handpick for each project that are worth their weight in gold for each job, or it's my colleagues. And I have a, you know, really amazing team, including this, you know, firepower and this Mm -hmm. woman named Colette, who's my director of events, but she's just outstanding. And we really distribute weight well. So our strengths are what our clients are getting and what our collaborators are getting, but it's not a job. I mean, it can be a job of one, but for me and kind of the engine that we're running, we have to collectively work and empower a team to do their best work. Well, beautifully said. And and I think speaks immediately to, to the leader that you are. I just wrote this down. You distribute weight well. We need to think about that, <laughs> leaders and, and founders. It's it's that, that was so well said. Where, where's the heaviest weight and how can we assist and how can we build up a team that, that can really do this together? Oh my gosh. So so much to unpack. Uh, I have so enjoyed kind of moving through the the highlights of, of your career, the launch period, and then even the the momentum uh, that you've seen over the last few years. But I would love to know, are there any instances throughout your career that you'd say failure actually helped shape it? It's a really good question. I think we can all attest to missteps or you know, little mistakes along the way that we've learned from and that things we will never do again quite the same because nice how it turned out. And I think in events, especially, it's such a living, breathing experience that you're always going back saying, you know, how can I refine that? Or what could we learn from this experience? Even if it was a success on the whole, where could we improve? But in terms of, you know, failure, you know, one of the things that I'm, I've learned about myself is that I am <laughs> definitely a workaholic. <laughs> self-proclaim, not, you know, don't even have to self-proclaim, people know it. I have an ability to just keep working and sometimes to the detriment of those around me. And so I've 
really kind of noticed in this chapter of my life and in leading this team at Augusta Cole that we're working on not overworking, burning out, or kind of overly prioritizing the task at hand and being really efficient in the office and value our time in the office, value our time with our clients. But when we are off to be present for those around us. And that I think is going to ultimately kind of nurture and sustain a growing business and and where we hope to go with the company. Hmm. Well, and I can only imagine the details, not only on your plate, but on those around you. I mean, you guys, we're going to give you a chance to to find Augusta and, and kind of see with your own eyes, the, the images and the events that we're talking about, but the, the scale, the level of excellence. Yeah. I could see how it could be challenging to turn off your brain and just kind of relax and, and be able to do so. So to hear that that, you know, top priority for you guys is, is really cool to hear. Uh, On the flip side, kind of, of that question, uh, and I'm really curious uh, your thoughts on this one. What would you say has been maybe a real wow moment for you? A lot of wows, I gotta say. (laughs) There's been a lot of wows in my, um, we are lucky that in the world of special events, we um, have been privy to lots of wow moments in the scheme of things. <laughs> we It's not that we are seeing normal things happen on the day-to-day, like from spectacular fireworks you know, <laughs> across the world or, you know, a c- celebrity performer that just kind of sneaks <laughs> up on the stage and wows everyone. Um, we've been privy to a lot, but from a professional wow, a very poignant, like professional moment, I can still kind of feel the the gasp and almost like knock the breath out of me sensation when I was doing an, a, an install in December of 2021. So like a year and a half in to, to doing Augusta Cole events. And I got a text, like go to this link and I clicked the link and it was the Vogue top planners list. And I was on it. And oh. I, truly was it was that like stunned feeling like oh my god (laughs) how how are we here already and and it wasn't that you know we all talk about as an entrepreneurs and and women under female entrepreneurs that imposter syndrome I don't know that it was that sensation Mm. but it was just that sense of like wow like we're doing something right and now we need to just keep doing it Mm. (laughs) so like it was a motivating factor and def, you know, a, a very fortunate validator at that time in our career and in the business, but definitely not one we take for granted. And you can't can't have a name on a list like that and and not keep <laughs> kind of furthering the message and and doing the hard work. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And the, the momentum and to your point, the moment of, of uh, where the business was, I mean, that's, that's a quick turnaround. And I think that would be an, well, an ultimate stamp of not only approval, but an ultimate stamp that you're headed in the right direction. So, oh, I love that one. I love that one. I was curious wh- where, which one you would pick. I wasn't exactly sure how you would <laughs> narrow it all down. I literally can still feel the feeling in my chest. Like, wow, okay. <laughs> That's insane. That that's a really good one. Uh, well, it's it's so cool to think not only of the. I'm just sitting here, kind of putting myself in in your shoes. I'm thinking about not only the amount of events, but when you think of the kind of position that you're in and the business that you're in, the lives that you're touching 
not only so we could think about your couples, you know, we could think about wedding couples, we could think of uh, special birthday celebrations, but even moving from there, guests, the the amount of guests. So I'm just, your reach is really quite startling to me right now. I'm, I'm a little bit off on a tangent, but I'm just thinking, wow. No, think of, the tumbleweed effect is pretty wild. Yeah. Yes. The tumbleweed effect and, and the, the amount of people that you've met along the way and the amazing legacy clients that you've kept on to. Um, and I know you've learned so much as well uh, along the way and throughout this path. So, so I'd love to know what, what would you say is maybe the greatest lesson you have learned? Oh, so many good ones. So many good lessons. I think one that we talk a lot about in the office is just doing the hard stuff first. There is a tendency in event planning and working with any sort of client facing business, I mean, any business, but Mm. especially when you're interacting with clients directly to please and to give people the answers they want to hear. But there's a lot of you know, that can really stifle progress if, if you're not being right. transparent about costs or transparent about the challenges or transparent just about, you know, all the information. So we really practice building a kind of foundation of doing the hard stuff first with our clients so that then once that's done, we can kind of enjoy the rest of the ride and everybody feels like we're all on the same page. And that's mm. um, a lesson, you know, in just being transparent and honest up front mm. um, always serves you and not sugarcoating things. Mm. And then another one, just sort of a classic, but is not to assume. I think especially in events where there are so many moving parts and so many questions and answers to be unturned and, mm. you know, the no stone unturned method to, to be sure we've evaluated all the plan A's through Z and also the, you know, pro cons of the decisions and things can go a lot of different ways with weather or number of people or so much, so much. Um, But just not being willing to take that extra step to do the due diligence, to ask that final question, to not assume we find serves us the best that we have a don't assume policy. (laughs) (laughs) I I think we should all uh, agree. I think we should all take that on in our own lives. I love it. I love, I love these takeaways. I love those lessons. This is just one of those moments I, I tell listeners, instead of me regurgitating everything you just said, pause and rewind, listen back. Um, I'm taking notes over here and, and absolutely. And, and that transparency and that honesty I know has served you well, uh, as well. And I'd love to know, is there anything specific you're currently learning? What what are you learning now? Gosh, I think that, um, the learning is in the, the power and value of, of time off and taking time for yourself kind of trying to cultivate a culture of being okay with being away from your, your email or away from, you know, your, your laundry list of client calls and, and taking time to be culturally engaged, to mm-hmm. read, to thumb through design books, to go to the, the exhibits, to, to go antiquing, to kind of stay stimulated by this Mm. constantly inspiring world we live in. And then also to be present for family and friends. This is a big year of me kind of owning that while I've been really dedicated to my, and I still am very dedicated to (laughs) (laughs) you know, that kind of blinders up laser focus 
can only sustain so long and that your family is priceless and your friendships are priceless. Couldn't agree more. And I know too, I've gotten to know you a little bit and I've I've been a little bit aware of your calendar. I, I know there's always something coming up. So what's next for you? What's next? Gosh, we're actually off to a, a, a kind of a double whammy site visit for a couple upcoming international jobs. We're going to Switzerland and Venice in, a, I think, just a short week or so. And that'll be a great visit. And then, you know, personally or and professionally, kind of what's next for the company um, continuing to, to develop our team mm. to kind of cultivate this you know, sustainable event planning work culture um, in our own way and continue to build that like legacy base of um, diversified events. And while we love, 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 love our weddings, kind of maintaining some room in the calendar for to be there for our, our legacy clients too. Mm, so impressive. All, all the different things that you're juggling, especially when it comes to your calendar. Augusta, this has been so much fun. Is there anything we didn't cover that you'd like to? Yeah, I'm kind of replaying all the everything we have covered, and I think it was pretty extensive. But then I did notice I was saying a lot of I and we about my team, and there's someone really important <laughs> in this whole picture um, who has been fundamental and in, in inspiring me and believing in me to kind of go out and do this and mm. to really actually through his business, build us tools to kind of further our events and support us with a really great systems background. And that is my husband, um, mm. Brandon. Oh. And I just think it would be un completely unfair um, to not actually acknowledge just the power of having such an undeniably supportive partner. And Aww. I feel really fortunate in that. Final few words there. But, yes. Um. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you would add that. And definitely, Brandon, thank you, because we all benefit um, from <laughs> your creative mind and, and whatnot. I, I love that. Thank you, Augusta. Thank you so much for sharing. I, I cannot tell you how much I've enjoyed our conversation. And, and I know you mentioned earlier, perhaps someone had come to mind, but I always love to ask guests because usually they have the best recommendations. Who do you know that should maybe come on and share their story? Um, I was thinking it would be really fun to have Alex Macon. She is the founder of Over the Moon and Vogue Weddings editor. Uh, she would be incredible as a, as a force and has incredible business acumen and really fun to talk to talk shop with. Um, Lindsay Johnson from Wheezy Towels, I think one of the founders, I think yes. maybe Liz came on. Yes, we um, did. Very early though, very early. It might be time to touch base. Okay. Well, Lindsay is amazing. Her wherewithal regarding an entrepreneurial business is so cool in her perspective and I She's a, a great, a great chat when all things business for sure. Um, and then Christina Bryant Herbert um, from St. Frank, founder of St. Frank, is also whip smart and so creative and compelling. My list goes on. I do have two oh. more. Oh. But, um, <laughs> Augusta Hoffman, who's and while, while we're namesakes, um, she's an incredible yes. interior designer and has really her career is just blown up and blossomed and has such a unique perspective. And then Marion Blunt of Edisco, who is our, my social media strategist, but has a, a really wonderful social media business. And I was really fundamental in kind of helping us build who we are 
Um, so I think all five of them would be powerhouse ideas. You are the best. Thank you. I'm glad I asked. I know the guests always have the absolute best recommendations. So you all will have to stay tuned for some upcoming episodes, perhaps with some of those amazing ladies. And Augusta, I'm sure that many of my listeners likely already follow you on social. Perhaps they are checking out your website as we speak. But where can listeners connect with you? Uh, at Augusta Cole on Instagram is probably the best way to follow along with what we're up to. And then um, our website being AugustaCole.com can reach out through there. Fantastic. Well, I know many listeners will head your way. And again, I can't thank you enough for your time today. This was such a treat. Thank you. It was fun for me. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? Brought to you by Penny Lynn Designs. Be sure to check them out. I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll join us next Tuesday for a new episode. We will talk to you soon.